0: Inspires us today with the truths He reveals to our hearts through His Word. Now, here's David with reflections from the heart. Welcome, everyone,
1: to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Rob Longo, Todd Payton, and Rick Hackman. Welcome, one and all. Good to be here. Hello, Hello, David. David. Awesome, and if everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through thir- 43, and Rob, before we do that, would you invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us break open the bread of life?
2: I would love to. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the gift of your, of your love, the gift of your mercy. You are awesome, Lord. Thank you so much. Sorry for the times that we, uh, that we just go about our lives and we don't think of you. We don't turn to you. We don't, we don't surrender all to you. Uh, and thank you just for your patience, <laughs> your loving patience that uh, welcomes us home each and every time that we come back to you, to your mercy. And Lord, we just ask you, please, to hold us in the palm of your hands. Keep us safe this day. Send the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of, of your love and your peace and your kindness and gentleness uh, just between the four of us here in the studio and, and, and to every single person listening. Holy Spirit will just lead us and guide us to all truth, to all love, to all peace, to all joy. And we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. 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 In the, the Father, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Holy
1: Spirit. Amen. amen. And Rick, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today?
0: All right. From the book of Matthew, the 13th chapter, verses 24 through 43, Jesus proposed another parable to the crowds, saying, the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a man who sowed good seed in his field. While everyone was asleep, his enemy came and sowed weeds all through the wheat, and they went, and then went off. When the crop grew and bore fruit, the weeds appeared as well. The slaves of the householder came to him and said, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where have the weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. His slaves said to him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? He replied, No, if you pull up the weeds, you might uproot the wheat along with them. Let them grow together until harvest. Then at harvest time, I will say to the harvesters, First collect the weeds and tie them in bundles for burning, but gather the wheat into my barn. He proposed another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a person took and sowed in a field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, yet when full grown, it is the largest of plants. It becomes a large bush, and the birds of the sky come and dwell in its branches. He spoke to them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed with three measures of wheat flour until the whole batch was leavened. All these things Jesus spoke to the crowds in parables. He spoke to them only in parables to fulfill what had been said through the prophet I will open my mouth in parables, I will announce what has lain hidden from the foundation of the world. Then, dismissing the crowds, he went into the house. His disciples approached him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He said in reply, He who sows good seed is the son of man, the field is the world, and the good seed the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. Just as weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age." The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all who cause others to sin and all evildoers. They will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Whoever has ears ought to hear. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ.
2: Rick, when you when you were reading that, I was just thinking of a situation at home. Uh, one of, one of our kids just has this, just uh, this anxiety. You know, right, right when it's time to to get ready to go somewhere, um, you know, I don't know if it's fear of being late or just I don't know what it is, but it just really disrupts a lot of people and and it like zaps the joy from the moment. And the other day it happened, and I was talking to her. I said, you know, you God. God uses us to, to do his work, and unfortunately, the, the evil one uses, uh, uses people as well. and um, you know, let's just pray that that we're not a tool in, in his toolbox to, to rob joy, and because you know, I said, no matter what we do, no matter how early or late we are, you know we're on our way to wherever we're going, and we're going to get there whenever we get there, and you know, all the worrying, all the chatter about it, it's not going to change. That you know we're we're on our way you know but it just I feel at least for me it, like it zaps my joy and I said to 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 know that that's coming and and just to rebuke uh, the evil ones attempt to, to steal my joy through through even even our family members you know I'm sure he'll, he'll he'll use anybody to steal our joy Um, and I was just you know thinking of that when you were saying about the you were reading the line about the you know the enemy sowing sowing those seeds. At night, uh, that we just need to be aware and, and on guard for the evil one messing with us you know, in any situation through anyone, just to, to steal our peace.
3: Yeah, I thought too, Rob, about different situations uh, that I experienced and those family and friends you know that, that we're with each day and each week. Um, one of the things that occurred to me in reading this this week was how many. How many times have I uh, experienced hardship you know and, and wondered and thought "Oh lord couldn 't this have been easier? you know does it have to be this way um, and, and there's so much reminder in this gospel reading to me about how the world really is, and how God our Father uh, you know kind of created things a certain way and is allowing us to go through this world where there 's weeds where there 's the evil one, where there 's this battle where there 's this struggle uh, at the end of the age. The weeds and the wheat are together, and, and there's so many examples in the world today that we see on the news in different places where we look around and go, man, there's a lot of weeds out there, a lot of weeds that we see both internationally, nationally, locally, in our own homes, and and so how do we, number one, stay humble uh, through these experiences, and number two, see the fruit and the benefit of struggling with the weeds in our lives, and even also... Considering when have we been a weed to somebody else, not a wheat, you know, with a T, a weed with a D, how, how somehow maybe we have been a stumbling block for somebody else, you know, in this mixed field that we live in. So those were all questions that came up to me this week.
1: You know, I like the fact, you know, the Lord says, don't pull them out, because to me, that gives mm. us there's always hope we bear fruit. The fruit that we bear are fruit of love. People can see Christ living in us, with us, and through us. So it's so important, as we come across these people, the greatest gift that we can give for them, to give to them, is the gift of prayer, is to pray a rosary for them when they come into our mind, or or reach up to the Father and cry out for help. Ask Mother Mary to pray for them, to help them, because that, that is absolutely the greatest gift we can give them. And then we become examples of pure, unconditional love to them. And you know what? I think there's always hope if we, if we pray. God wants us to pray for them, that they would turn around and repent, because you're right, Todd, and you're right, Rob. I can see where the enemy has used me to hurt others, and it's always when I react that he's using me. God wants me always to respond with love, but when the flesh rises up in me and I react, guess who's in the camp of my heart? The enemy. He's sowing his seeds of of division, of 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 accusation, of judgment, of pride, of envy, and the enemy's tools don't change. When we recognize that, it's immediately we got to go to the Lord, we got to ask for forgiveness, and I thank the Lord for the awesome gift of of, uh, the confessional, to get to go to the sacrament of penance and say, Lord, I have sinned, and then the great gift of the priest, to be able to hear those sins, and then through God, working through him, forgive us, and we are absolved of them, so that we can get up, and we're clean, and we're back to who we were meant to be from the beginning, and back out there, being those wheat wheat plants
2: in that field. Amen. This... this, uh... This past week, we were helping out at a camp called Camp Guadalupe, and the theme this year is mercy, mercy. And uh, on Wednesday, we had a priest come in, and, and he did an examination of conscience for 150 kids there. A lot of them haven't received the sacrament yet, but they were there hearing the examination because you know, we all need to, to learn to do that daily, right? Um, but it was just so cool to see five priests, just you know these like, warriors you know, coming in to do battle, uh, five priests there and all these young young soldiers uh going, you know standing in line to to meet to meet mercy face to face uh it was just it was awesome it was awesome and i just remember when my first when my daughter was the first one of the kids to receive the sacrament she was a little nervous and, uh, and my aunt pulled her aside and in her gentle voice said just picture the blessed mother holding your hand and saying, come on i want to go on go m- introduce you to my son and you walk down the aisle with her, and she just gently leads you in and says, here you go, here's, here's Jesus, and just just talk to him. I was like, wow, that is awesome. And to see these kids lining up this week uh, to meet Jesus, to meet Jesus. And the day that it happened was Wednesday, which was the feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. So Our Lady, mm-hmm. uh, the camp was named after Our Lady of Guadalupe. The day that we had the, the confession for the kids was uh, on the feast of Our Lady of, of Mount Carmel. And what does Mary want? She wants us to, just to run to Jesus' merciful arms.
1: Absolutely. I love the use of the word children, you know, and I love the word parable, because to me, Jesus taught in parables, and he says this all through scriptures, he taught in parables, which were real-life stories that the people of the time could connect with. Well, guess what? Jesus is still doing that today. And this morning, I, my son Zach and I were at a scout camp, and I just came home to do this recording. I'm going to go back to it. But my son said, Daddy, I can't find my kerchief that goes around my neck, and I'm in the, in the flag raising this evening, and I need to find that, and I can't find it. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. So this is so beautiful. When we go to God the Father and we pray as little children and say, help me, I think God the Father lights up and says, I'm going to help my boy. But when he gives us a heavenly kiss, he allows us to see him work. Oh, my goodness, it just gives us hope. So I'm looking through his stuff, and I'm like, Lord, you got to help me. My son really needs us tonight. I don't know where it is. Help me find it. And I hear this still quiet voice, you're going to find the kerchief. And I'm like, I'm still a knucklehead at times. I'm like, yeah, okay, right, I'll find it. Hmm. But I let it go. So I, I looked everywhere. I looked everywhere, nowhere in his luggage, nowhere in the, in the tent. So I go out to the car because I had taken his sleeping bag out there because he was he's done tonight. I have to pick him up. He has to go to the hospital tomorrow for a blood transfusion. And so I go out to the car. I'm going through the sleeping bag, and I'm like almost out of hope, and I turn over the corner of the sleeping bag, hmm. and guess what's there? his kerchief that he needs for tonight, and I'm like, oh my goodness, you told me in that still quiet voice in my heart that I'm going to find it. I found it. And I think that's God giving us that heavenly kiss to just always knock, always ask, always seek, and he delights in doing things for us. He truly does, but he always does things that are to our benefit and according to his will. So a little heavenly kiss this morning was me as a child going and saying, help me, Dad, Help me, Father, to find this for my son, and it meant the world to him. So when I gave him the thumbs up that I found that he was like all bopping around, all excited and happy, that daddy did that for him, because that was an act of love, that dad went through stinky clothes, stinky under, stinky everything, looking for this because he needed it. He needed
3: it. Oh, that's so awesome. That is beautiful. Thank you. I was uh, thinking as you guys were talking about these, this image of children, and it uh, reminded me of, of one of my son's uh, first experience with the confession. And, uh, you know, he was ready, and, and so he went in, and when he came out, I said, you know, how did it go? And he looked at me and he said, Dad, I went in as a boy and came out a man. That's what he <laughs> said to me. And I, we all started laughing, and wow. he sat down and said his penance, and, and, um, and it was a, one of those moments that I'll always remember where, you know, out of the mouths of children, you know, come these profound things and I think we've all experienced that. And so how can we keep that childlike faith? How can we keep those those pure moments in our lives? And it's so interesting that, that all the way till the end of the age we're going to be asked to do several things. One, to try to remain like children in, in a good way, without being immature, but to remain like children and to have that until the end of the age before we go home to our father in heaven. And and so how how can we maintain that while living amongst all the challenges and all the brokenness in the world that we have? And one of the other things that reminds me in terms of being childlike is this trust in our angels. You know, it's such a an area of our faith where I know me personally maybe some of our listeners haven't spent a lot of time is this idea of our angels that at the beginning of time and at the beginning when God decided that it would be good that each of us was going to be created, we were each assigned an angel. And it was going to be like that forever. And, and so here it says, the harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters will be the angels. And the Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all who cause others to sin, and all evildoers, they will throw them into the fiery furnace. And then the righteous will, sh- will, will shine like the sun. And so, for me, it's it's been a journey of trying to invoke and lean on and remember these angels, these these holy guardians that we have. That God loved us so much that He didn't only create us; He gave us this companion for our lives. And it's it's such a, a comfort and, and a an area of my faith that I'm just barely tapping into at this point. And that, uh, that that should give us so much hope.
2: As you're saying that, I'm just thinking of 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 a school setting. You know, you have a teacher who's you know, entrusted with the lives of 25, 30 kids in a classroom. So you have one teacher, 25, 30 kids. God creates us. He's like, I think they need a one-on-one. A one-on-one. I think That's they need one to one That's right. <laughs> that, that gives us so... Like, God knows. Yeah, He knows we're going to put ourselves in, in these situations that only the other side of eternity will reveal how many times did our angel come to our rescue. Yeah. You know, that, that, that we will... Each one of us is keeping... Every,
3: each angel busy, busy. You know, it's not like the angels are bored. But, you know, you ever think of that? Like one on one, or how many opportunities did we have to engage our angels in things mm-hmm. where they were no, we hoping and waiting yeah. to help us because and, 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 they need our right, our direction, right, our, our permission to move, right? And, and they couldn't. You know, mm-hmm. how many times we'll, we'll see that too? I, I would imagine at some point. But, yeah.
1: Well, you know, and this this really makes it very clear that there is a hell and there is a heaven. And so for me, I want to make sure that I focus on the end goal every day of my life, which is heaven. That's where I want to be. That's where I want my children to be. That's where, that's where I want every one of the people God brings into my life to be every day. So when I enter out into the battlefield, before I do that, I, when you were speaking, Todd, I wrote down, Remain in Christ daily. Daily, we need to have communion time, common union time with Jesus Christ. That can happen through our prayer time in the morning. It can happen by going to daily Mass. What a gift! You can receive Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity. In the Eucharist, every day, we are what we eat. We consume Jesus, who then purges from us the sin of the world. Because as we look at the people at the end that the angels weed out, they're those that cause others to sin and all evildoers. Mm. So, you know, sin is not acceptable. There's no place for it in heaven. So we're in a constant purification and purging of the sin. And you know what? so great is the mercy of God? Because I remember one time I was sitting up in my office, and again, I try to listen to that still quiet voice in my heart. And That's why it says, whoever has ears ought to hear. That's the ears of the heart, to hear the Lord, to hear Him speak to us. I'm sitting in my office, I'm reading the Scripture, and the scripture verse I read is, for anyone who you know, causes a little one to sin, it'd be better that they tie a millstone around his neck and throw it into the ocean. And boy, I sat back with all kinds of pride, and I said, well, I didn't do that. And a still quiet voice in me said, but you did, David. Of course, I argue. I said, absolutely not. I did not do that. And a still quiet voice said, but you did, David. And the third time, I argued again, and the still quiet voice spoke even louder. And said, when you chose to bring pornography into your home, you caused your little ones to sin. And I wept, because I realized my choice and my addiction, which was my father's, which was my grandfather's, my choice to bring that in the home caused my boys to fall, caused them to sin. And I wept, because it says right here, cause others to sin. And I wept, but here's the beauty of the mercy of God. I wept and I went to confession. I asked for forgiveness. I went to my boys. I asked them to forgive me. And I said, It stops me. I took responsibility. And they turned around. It was beautiful. So God's mercy is there. But what's the one unforgivable sin? When we don't ask for forgiveness, when we don't ask for forgiveness and we don't repent. And we don't forgive others. So, forgiveness and repentance—it's key to set us free, so that those wheat fields become pure wheat, and the weeds are choked out. The yeah. sins. What
2: was Jesus' first call to us? Right after the, the miracle at the wedding feast of Cana, he went out to proclaim the kingdom. What was his first word? Repent. 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 You know, he didn't go out all lovey-dovey. You know, Jesus is pure love, but you know he loves us so much that he's challenging us to repent. And and I think we need to do that with each other. You know, not like you're a sinner, but you know, we we need to change because if we, if there are areas in our lives yes. that are that are are sinful and, and bringing us down, and we're called, and, if, and if we don't love each other enough to to, I think isn't that one of the spiritual works of mercy to admonish admonish the sinner?
1: Absolutely. And it's, and it's
2: hard. How do you do that? How do you do that with with love, with humility, where you're not giving them the beat down, but just out of pure love for for our Lord, because The person's sin hurts him but you know love for that person and we need to we need to pray for the courage to do that to help each other
1: and what i find very helpful rob is i always ask permission okay i always ask permission of the person i say may i help you and if they give me permission then with love and humility i try and say where i was and help them to see because jesus christ cured the blind. We cured the blind physically, but we also cured the blind spiritually. So when we're given permission, a lot of times then they're open. And I always ask the Lord to help me, that it be his words, not mine. And we always do it with love and humility. Why? Because if we fail to help that person and they end up in hell, how good are we? Yeah. How, how, how much of a favor was that to that person? So again, it's something that you always take it to prayer, you pray for them, you ask for the Holy Spirit to help you with the words, and then you ask permission Say, may I help you?
2: It's uh, it's so funny that you said that on on this past Saturday, we went to a 39th birthday party, um, little get together, and one of the guys we we started talking about faith, um, and and we, I don't know how the discussion happened. So was, there's was two of us talking, and then a third observer was there. He wasn't really saying much, and then he I heard him whisper in the other the guy's ear that I was talking to. Oh, I guess I shouldn't let him know that I'm an atheist. And he said it loud enough that I heard it. I was like. You know, my, my my buddy turned away and said, you know what, I love you. I said, it doesn't matter what, you know, what I, he was born and raised Catholic, went to 12 years of Catholic school. And I said, the family's not the same without you. He said, oh, yeah, you are. You're, you're, you're better without me. And then he asked the question, why do you believe? Why do you believe? And then, you know, talking about weeds and wheat, and I think in the past uh, I, I might not have enjoyed that kind of a setting, I might have judged him, but the theme song that we wrote for this camp, Mercy, the, the, the chorus refrain is, "Oh my Lord, you gave mercy to me. Oh my Lord, you set my heart free. Oh my Lord, it's what you want me to be. Love it, live it, share it. What's my, what's our call, Mercy?" And that refrain just kept going in my head, like, "We're to love it, live it, share it. You know, what's my call, Mercy? Oh, He gave mercy to me, so why can't I give it to Him?" And and then you know, the Lord prompted him to ask that question, why do you believe? And then, you know, just started telling the story, and, and, you know, the Holy Spirit just filled me with love and joy and peace, and at the very end of it, he says, wow. He said, I wish I could be that passionate about anything in my life. Wow. And then I started asking him questions. And when did you meet your wife? You guys have kids. Yeah, we have two. We had one, and then my, my wife had three miscarriages. She had this disease or this syndrome that, that her body would just automatically reject a baby and then she, she conceived and then we have a son. I said, wow, that's pretty awesome, isn't it? Like I didn't use, want to use the word miracle because I mean, that's a total miracle that she couldn't conceive. And then the wife came over and we started talking about, about what, what happened and then sharing about my daughter Mary, who was in intensive care for the first two months and how we had a baptizer in the hospital and, and her, you know, the tears were coming in her eyes. And then you can tell he was getting like, a little uncomfortable. And then his name's Matt, and I just I've been praying for Matt ever since then. Just and I just, my heart just went out to him in love. You know, I, and it was such a gift for me because in the past I would I was I would judge, or I would get like mad. No, I mean, what's our call? our call? Our call, our call is mercy, right? Our call is mercy. So Matt, you know, I'm I'm praying for him and that you know any seed that was planted, that God will grow, and and maybe through his wife, something something will happen, and maybe he'll look at this son that he saw, and in and. You know what Todd and David? He was telling the story about the NICU and how he saw a cracked baby and the baby was translucent, and he said, I saw the baby's heart. I can see through the skin. I can see I saw it all. And then I went back to my baby and I realized that, you know, how much better off we were. And I was like, Oh, thank God. So here this atheist who's you know proclaimed himself to be an atheist twenty minutes earlier, now we've
3: gotten into this conversation and he's he's thanking God. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. Well, and that's the seed. That's one of those things in the story about the wheat and the weeds together. We don't know when that weed will become wheat. We don't know what interactions can come where it talks about how the the weeds cause sin, but how many times will the wheat cause a conversion, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we don't know, and there's so much beauty in that interaction between what we would consider to be weeds and wheat that you have stories like what you're talking about and so many others like that.
1: And Todd, that's biblical, because when we come to Christ and we receive his mercy, we become a new creation mm-hmm. in Christ. We become a new wheat plant yeah. that will grow and bear fruit. So absolutely, that is biblical, and that gives us such great hope that it, our past is our past. It's done and over, but in Christ we're a new creation, and Christ renews, restores, resurrects, and we become that wheat plant in that field that was once weed, that was once a weed. Yeah. And uh, Todd, there's a beautiful prayer, if you don't mind praying it for us, because uh, sometimes we want to go out and fix the world, and uh, we decide we're going to play God. And we're not God. We water, we sow, we cultivate, and we fertilize, but we don't grow it. So we let God be God.
3: Amen. And we will offer this out to all those in the audience and even here amongst us today with the struggles that we have. And uh, this goes out to the listening audience, and we hope that this prayer uh, is a blessing to you. Lord, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking as he did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or... How to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717 367 0100. Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.